Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's making a list. Checking it twice. So How do you get down the chimney? You sex it in my grandpa. Santa baby, slip a sable under the tree. Santa baby? Yeah, it's disgusting. It sexualizes Santa. If you were Santa, you could do magic. Here, let's watch you disappear. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Now from the Bob and Sherry Studios, Santa's favorite little helpers, it's Bob and Sherry. Oh, happy Tuesday. Just the best day of the week. Big show for you today. We're going to open up Lamar's Christmas bag coming up in about an hour right here. And we're going to tell you a little bit about how Christmas magic works. But first, I would like to share what happened to me yesterday afternoon. So I was in the bathroom and emptying the bathroom trash can into a bag. So in the bat in the this bathroom in our house, the trash can is um, next to the toilet. And the lid was up on the toilet because I had just squirted some of that Lysol toilet bowl cleaner in it, if you can picture it. So mm-hmm. I've got that and I've squirted the toilet bowl cleaner in and now I'm going to empty the trash bag. And unbeknownst to me, the city had um, people working on the water lines. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes when the city comes and works on your water lines, they'll blow the lines. And when they blow the lines, if the lid is up on your toilet, water goes everywhere. Um, Mm. I came home one day and the bathroom, it looked like somebody had tossed a bucket in there. And I was like, Kevin, what in the world have you done? (laughs) And it turned out that the city had (laughs) blown the lines. So I am not, the toilet is, the lid is up because I've just put the blue stuff in, I'm bending down, filling the trash bag at the exact moment the city blew the lines. No, no. Yes. Yes. Um, You have never heard a woman let out the kind of shocked, grossed out, horrified scream. Oh, my God. How much water? I came went. Out? Well, um, I had to take a shower because I was so horrified. It got yeah, my shirt sure. was wet. There was water oh. in my face and my hair, and oh, the water sure. in the bowl was clean. But I had just mm-hmm. put the Lysol stuff in there, and mm-hmm. also, um, I, you know, I'm not the prissiest woman. Like I'm not the highest maintenance woman, 
But a, a face full of toilet water, that's too much for me. Okay? That's like, yeah, that's more than I can really cope with. Yeah. So. Hey, it's the um, most wonderful time of the year, huh? It really is. So I turn around. I'm standing there. First, I was like, ah, because of course you're surprised when the toilet attacks yeah. you. Right. So, and then I was like, oh, and there, I don't know what's in that blue Lysol cling gel, but it was in my eyes. And so I hey, just turned around, I just turned around and yanked the shower on and was climbing into the shower while I was stripping my clothes off. Mm-mm-mm. It was disgusting. So I have to ask you, there are 24 hours in every day right. and the city blows the water lines maybe once, twice a year. We have a we have a neighbor situation where um, this neighbor doesn't really observe the laws and has choked up the storm easement. So our drains, our stormwater drains get choked. And that's why the city's down here blowing the lines, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't happen very often. It's a couple times a year, 24 hours in a day, 365 days a year, city comes <laughs> out maybe twice. What are the odds? What are the odds that at the exact moment that my face is in the bullseye, that's the moment. <laughs> They blew the lines. Aren't you surprised it was you and not me? I'm shocked. I am stunned that it was me and not you. I'm, I am I don't even know. Like, I'm still speechless about it. I don't know if it shows. I'm still like. I, I, I. And so um, I get out of the shower and I get dry. And Kevin's like, Kevin's like, how many showers are you going to take today? Oh, I, just a thousand. Because, you know, I don't have any friends oh, sure. or hobbies. That, that um, is awful. I've never so, heard of anything like this. I mean, I've heard of them blowing the lines out, but I thought they would blow it out, you know, toward the uh, the sewer area or something like that. Jeez. Maybe Backing it it's up? maybe it's our unique plumbing. We're up on a hill. I don't know. But all I can tell you is it's not the first time it's happened. You walk into your bathroom and there's water everywhere. Like, what the what? But to have mm-hmm. it come to your face and my mm-hmm. sweater Oh, ah, and you know, there's that awful feeling of being in your sock feet and stepping in a puddle. Mm-hmm. Now, so I had that. I had the wet sweater, the toilet water in my face and hair and eyes with Lysol cling gel. And I was in my socks. So I had like wet sock feet. Oh, Lord. ah, ah. I am so glad that I survived that shower because if, if something had happened, like if that had been my moment, and I arrive at the gates for judgment, and the last thing I said was, "You." I, that's no, not they'd the let way you in. Go. They would let you in. They would. You. You would get a pass just because of doing that. Good lord, yeah. girl. Well. So, but here's I the good news. No, no. Here's the yeah, really yeah. good news. Here's the yeah. really good news. It's all up from there. Once yeah. your toilet bowl has attacked you with a face full of toilet water and Lysol cling right. gel, everything yeah. is going to be better. Right? You're right. You're right. Happy Tuesday. It's Bob and Sherry. This is Lieutenant Colonel Timmy Decker, the commander of 269 Armor of the Panther Battalion. Just wanted to say happy holidays to my family, Kim, Timmy, Lydia, Alexia. I miss you guys. I can't wait to see you again. Thanks for all your support from back home. And uh, I can't wait to spend the holidays, at least a little bit of it, with you here in eastern Poland. I love you guys. Here's Bob and Sherry. Very nice to have everybody with us here today. We have happy hour coming up on Thursday. We do it every Thursday, and this is going to be a big one because we're going to do the Bob and Sherry tree lighting, and we have uh, so so many people 
uh, Jimmy Wayne, the country artist, is going to be with us. And Guess who uh, else? Lamar, who? Guess who, who? else? Who? Okay, so it's really exciting, and I hope nothing goes wrong at the North Pole to stop it. But Mr. and Mrs. Santa Claus are popping in. Shut up, oh. Heather. Shut up, Heather. Knew somebody who knew somebody and reached out. And Mrs. Claus was like, well, as long as the elves don't misbehave, we should be able to drop into happy hour. Wow. Yes, we're very excited. Good, good. Strong, okay, that'd be strong, very cool. I, love, I have to, I have to uh, refer, and by the way, that's on Facebook Live at 7 o'clock Eastern um, Thursday. Uh, I want to refer back to the last happy hour where I was shocked. And it takes quite a bit to shock me uh, being in sh- you know show business and everything. Uh, yeah. Lamar said, Lamar said he did not is, is fact. I think he said he hated meatballs. I do. How do you, how do you hate a meatball buddy? I've just never had a good one. now I, I've, I've only had meatballs at people's parties and nine times out of 10, they've come out of a crock pot. Every once in a while, it'll be a silver dish or whatever, but nine times out of 10, it's out of a crock pot. I've just not had good luck with it. Now, people are going, oh, my gosh, if you tried the meatballs, they're unbelievable. Well, no, they're not unbelievable. They're not good. They're just not what good. Is it, what is it with you, Southern Georgia Mittagon men? My husband's the same <laughs> way. You don't know a good meatball. You know, you don't like, you've never had a good meatball if you don't like meatballs. Yeah, Evidently like not. Them. He doesn't oh, like meatballs either? He doesn't like Italian too- food. He doesn't mm. like Italian food. Yeah, he doesn't like Italian food. <laughs> And yet he continues to wake up each day. Yeah. And draw breath. Yeah. (laughs) Carla, my wife, Carla, her, she loves Italian food. She loves it. And I really do like Italian food. I I, I really do. I I like it. I don't absolutely, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but I do enjoy it. I, I do, but I've never ordered a meatball at an Italian restaurant. And, and, I, here's my shame. Here's my shame. Like I love spaghetti and, and I love it with bolognese. I, I, I love spaghetti and bolognese sauce. I really do. But a lot of places have uh, spaghetti and meatballs. I've never yeah. ordered the meatballs because when I was a kid, we had Chef Boyardee canned spaghetti with meatballs and it sucked. It so, does suck. There you go. Round of applause. <laughs> that that is the correct you just won the prize. That is the correct way to feel about Chef Boyardee, my friend. You have referred so, to meatballs uh, coming out of a crock pot, coming yes. out of Chef Boyardee's factory, <laughs> and I forget where else. Sherry, please tell him where a great meatball comes out of. A great meatball comes out of an Italian known as hands with a cigarette clamped in her jaws. That's where you get a good meatball, Lamar. Everybody knows That's that. Right. That's right. You hate. You know what? You are allowed to hate something because you've never had the right version of it. Okay. You know. Let me, let me I ask felt- you this: Am I in danger? Am I in? Da- Think about this. I'm getting. You know, I've lived a good life. I mean, I've had a lot of fun. You know, I, I got probably a few more years behind uh, ahead behind me than I do ahead of me. What if I go to a really nice Italian restaurant? We've got a few here, and I order a meatball, and it's the greatest thing I've ever had. What about the regret that I'm going to feel for all of these years when I have not had meatballs? This is a well, let me help situation. you. Let me help you. It is impossible to have the greatest meatball of your life at an Italian restaurant. 
I said what I said. You can only have the greatest <laughs> meatball of your life in a home kitchen. You just believe me, Lamar. I have eaten at some great Italian restaurants, and I have never had a meatball in a restaurant that got halfway close to my grandmother, and that's with a Percocet in her and a really gripping episode of Days of Her Lives, okay? You must have a home-cooked meatball. And Bob Lacey knows the truth of this. He does. Tell him Yeah, Bob. no, she's she's right. I, I would not go to New York City and order spaghetti and meatballs because there are so many other things in an Italian restaurant, especially in a place with a lot of ethnic people, that you can order that are more interesting. However... There's probably, not definitely, but probably near you somewhere, if you hunt for it, a specialty Italian pasta store. We've got one where I live. It's about uh, 20 minutes from my house. And it's owned by an Italian woman, probably about 50 years old, came over and set up this place. She makes homemade pasta and her bolognese she makes by the gallon. And it sells out every day. And with the same sort of meat, but a different texture, she makes homemade Italian meatballs and freezes them. And people are in line saying, are there any meatballs today? Are there any, is the bolognese still here today? You got to find a place like that if you don't have access to one of Sherry's relatives. I know what to hunt. I know what to hunt. I'm I'm going to remedy this. All right. All right. You heard it, folks. Never, ever again say to anyone, I don't like spaghetti and meatballs because of Chef Boyardee. See, that's a given. (laughs) Never. Never. You never need to use that again. We got... We got Morons in the News next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. Let's go! Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Well, there's a Utah man who is getting together with his girlfriend's family. His girlfriend's family own a cabin in Provo, Utah, about 45 miles south of Salt Lake City. It's a very beautiful area, and it has a lot of animals out there, including buffalo. Uh, this guy's last name is Carbajal, and he went out in the backyard and noticed in his neighbor's yard, or his girlfriend's parents' neighbor's yard, a buffalo. And he went out and started attracting the buffalo's attention. The bison started following him. He stared looking at the bison, and this is a quote. I said, I kind of did want to pet him. So I guess I was a little naive about the whole thing. He rocked me pretty good. And by rocked me pretty good, he gored this guy right in the stomach. And he flipped him oh. in the air. He was taken to the hospital. He's, he's going to be okay. But the quote here is, for anybody that goes out to a national park in the West, just please remember this. I thought it'd be fine to try and touch the bison, and now I know I am definitely an idiot. Can't argue with that. <laughs> and self-awareness, you know it's important. Self, self-awareness, but what jumped out at me is he may be wanting to marry this girl, and now the father-in-law will never forget the day his new son-in-law went out and tried to pet a buffalo and got gored in the stomach. 
Is that the kind of guy you want protecting your woman? You know that TV commercial that drives you crazy for Subaru where the guy thinks that a cow is a buffalo? Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. Like, your city folks yeah. do not understand animals. They don't. Sometimes. They don't. I know. Police were called to the scene in Manchester for the crash of a double-decker bus. The bus had collided with a low bridge. Greater Manchester police said no serious injuries were reported. The bus was empty at the time of the crash. Thank the God. road was blocked in both directions. Crews responded. Traffic was diverted away from the area. All of this went down. The firefighters working with the technical response unit removed the bus from the bridge. They made the vehicle safe, you know, and sent it on its way. Now, the actual moron is not mentioned in the article. I don't understand why, because that would be the bus driver. If you right. are a double-decker bus driver... You should know where the low bridges are. Plus, before you get to the low bridge, there are all kinds of signs that say low yep. bridge. Okay? Right. If there had been people sitting on the top of that bus, you're talking about a huge disaster and a lot of injuries and probable death. What? Who's driving a bus, a double-decker bus, that don't understand the concept of low bridge? Come on, man. They're out there. I'm not going to tell the story because I've told it before, but I worked for a radio station that had one of those English double-decker buses. They picked up a load of senior citizens to take them to the mall, and the bus driver went to the underground parking and took the roof off, screaming, senior citizens, the police. It was a mess, and that driver has never been seen again. And finally, in morons in the news, and this is very seasonal, this happened in Suffolk in the UK. Um, they had like a little Christmas village at the Elvedon Estate, and they borrowed some caribou, some real reindeer, to have with Santa's sleigh for the kids. Well, a couple of the reindeer, and we don't know if it was Blitzen or Comet, Donner has some attitude problems, as anyone knows, from watching the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know, maybe it was Vixen. We know it wasn't Rudolph because they had regular reindeer noses, but they escaped from Santa's sleigh. And they wandered onto the A-11, which is a giant interstate. And then they just kind of hung out, causing traffic to be shut down in both oh directions really? while they worked to recapture Santa's escape reindeer. They finally yeah. got them back to Christmas Village, and um, the owner of the Christmas thing said, we called, we called their owners. They're going home safe and sound. They don't want to be flying reindeer. Good. And Good. you know what they say, kids. Nobody wants to work anymore. And there you go. <laughs> that is Morons in the News. We're going to open up Lamar's Christmas bag coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, everyone knows that Bob Lacey is the self-proclaimed mayor of Christmas Village because of his great Christmas spirit. I've just decided not to send out Christmas cards. Bob, Bob, Bob. Well, the mayor of Christmas Village wants Bob and Sherry listeners all over the land to get all the presents this year. Of course, Bob won't actually be buying the gifts. Bob, Bob, Bob. But you already knew that. 
Presenting the 12 Days of Christmas. We'll select one lucky listener to win a Bob and Sherry swag box, since Bob's not actually paying for it. Bob, Bob, Bob. We're just going to grab a few things off the shelf and send them to you. There are water bottles, coffee mugs, grocery bags, beach balls, pens, keychains, and more. A lot of stuff you can buy at the Bob and Sherry store at BobandSherry.com. It's a 12 Days of Christmas celebration. Bob Lacey style. Just enter at the contest page at bobandsherry.com prizes special guests the bob and sherry facebook live tree lighting extravaganza this thursday night at 7 p.m eastern here's bob and sherry well i have got a list of the top 10 most magical things about christmas i did a survey on this uh number 10 25 percent of the people said hearing christmas singers carol singers I haven't heard carol singers in a long time. Oh, Have you? Since you I was a coming kid. around to the house? Yeah. I know, yeah. We used to do yeah. when I was a kid at church, we used to our little uh-huh. church choir, we would go around and, and sing and whatever, but I have not yeah. I, I just don't think it happens. I mean, I really don't. I mean, it would no. be great, but I don't see it. Um, number 9 is watching children play with their new toys. That's far down on the list for me. I would think you would, you know, yeah. Unless I, Unless those those terrible words that I used to hear when my kids were small. Hey, Dad, come watch me play video games. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Right, right. And here's right. one. Number eight, watching movies in your pajamas. 29%. I love that. Oh, I love yeah. That. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Receiving a surprise gift is number seven. That's awesome. Snuggling down to watch the Christmas TV specials. Ah, I like that. Still in the pajamas. Yeah. That's good. Number five is the smell of cookies in the house. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Number four Mm -hmm. is seeing people's decorations through their windows. That makes you a stalker. Okay, stop it. You're a stalker. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't like it. I love it, though. I can't help it. (laughs) Number three, the excitement of Christmas Eve. That is my greatest time. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't go to sleep. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like Christmas Eve. Number two, seeing the Christmas lights twinkle around the house. That's okay. I'm still excited about this. All right, number one. What does everybody think number one? The most magical thing about Christmas, number one. Christmas morning? Well, being together with family. Oh. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess it depends on the family. <laughs> I know when, I know when Leon was passed out, it wasn't all that great. Okay, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I meant to say that, and it came out wrong. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. <laughs> well, listen, no matter what, happy holidays. This yeah. is Bob and Sherry. I'm Private Kaylin Holloway um, from Daytona Beach, Florida. I'm with the 40th BEB here in Poland right now. Uh, I just want to wish my friends and family happy holidays. And I love you, Victoria, my wife, and I love you, Mom. Here's Bob and Sherry. I know what everybody's thinking. They're thinking Lamar's Christmas bag is empty. Well, it's not true. I still have things in my Christmas bag. Oh, Let me right. reach down here deep and bring something out. Ah, okay. What is it? The Christmas tree pickle is a tradition to keep eager kids calm on Christmas morning. According to the today, the Christmas pickle is more than just a common ornament. It's a tradition. As the quirky tradition goes, the first child that finds the glass pickle hidden in the tree on Christmas morning either wins a prize 
or they get the privilege of opening the first gift. The goal? To keep the kids from rushing through the process, opening up all the presents, and then Christmas is over. It's a disaster. When, when all the presents are open and the paper's all there and everybody's playing with their stuff, it's a depressing time. So we're stopping that with the Christmas pickle. I just like That's the idea good. of slowing down Christmas. Yeah. Now, yeah. the smallest Christmas card in the world is invisible to the human eye. Most Christmas cards are big enough for illustrations and photos and all that kind of stuff. But in 2010, nanotechnologists at the University of Glasgow created a teeny tiny Christmas card that could fit onto the surface of a postage stamp 8,276 times or onto wow. a regular size Christmas cards around a half a million times. Now, wow. the card is invisible to the human eye, but when they discussed producing the, a microscopic greeting card, the, the process to manufacture the card took 30 minutes. That was it. It was very straightforward to produce, and the process is highly repeatable. And the design of the card took a whole lot longer than it did to make the card. Now, here's the question. For what? You can't send it to nobody. <laughs> nobody can't see it. I mean, you're up in Glasgow. I don't know what you're doing. I mean, I really don't know what you're doing, but God bless you for doing it. Now, there are near, and this is awesome. There are nearly 750 different versions of Silent Night. Silent Night has long been the staple of the holiday season. When the hauntingly beautiful carol can be heard almost everywhere you go and you love it, so it makes sense that it is, in fact, the most recorded Christmas song in history. According to Time Magazine, there had been over 733 different versions of Silent Night, copyrighted since 1978. And more keep popping up every year. Now, for me, shopping and running around, it does not put me in the actual Christmas spirit. I like getting people presents and seeing them open gifts, and I don't mind getting a present my own self. But actual Christmas... And what it really means does not hit me until I'm at some sort of candlelight service and they're playing Silent Night. It yeah. is the song that sets the tone for Christmas. It yeah. really is like such it. a beautiful melody. Yeah, it's a there, There's just nothing like it. There's nothing mm -hmm. like it. And I mean, yeah. I, don't know, I look forward to that every, every year. When I walk out from there, I go, okay, now it's Christmas time. I do enjoy that. I really do. Poinsettias have been a symbol of Christmas for over a century. These beautiful red and green flowering plants, that's all you think about is Christmas. In fact, that's the only time you see them. This has been going on yeah, for yeah. 100 years. Back in 1828, right. an American minister, he was in Mexico, his name was Joel R. Poinsett. Boy, that, huh. what's the odds? Huh. What's the odds of Joel R. Poinsett finding the poinsettia? That's... I don't know yeah, how that could possibly happen. This is crazy. Yeah. This is craziness. This <laughs> yeah. is Ripley's Believe It or Not. How this happened? It's a I Christmas miracle. Yeah. It is a Christmas miracle. But they sell these things. It is the most popular and the sells the most of any potted plant anywhere. I never plant mine, though. It's a potted plant. I've got one right now sitting in my living room, but I'll never plant it. I wonder why that Nobody is. does. Do people grow them in their backyards? I don't think I've ever seen that. I've never is seen that. Is that a thing? No. I, don't know. I think it's a dog. I think it's poisonous to dogs, too. 
So it is. Yeah. I, I heard yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I got to go see where Darby's at right now. All right. Well, next time, we're still going to have more of my Christmas bag. It's never going to run out. This is Bob and Sherry. Prizes, special guests, the Bob and Sherry Facebook Live tree lighting extravaganza this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Here's Bob and Sherry. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Time now for Oh Shut Up, and usually I do this and I give you how old the song is, right? Like the other day we, we mentioned that uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is 65 years old. It's just, it's just hard to believe. And the song is number one, the Brenda Lee song. I'm going to flip it a little bit and tell you that Home Alone is 33 years old this Christmas. 33 years old. And if it's not listed as the most popular Christmas movie of all time, it's number two. It's way up there. So what we're going to do right now, as we salute Home Alone, is give you some other movies and their top moments. Christmas movies with their top moments. See how many of those that you can remember. The first one is going to be Buddy the Elf, Learn Santa is coming to town and exclaims, Santa! Yeah, yeah. That is, according to this, the uh, number three top movie moment for Christmas. Number four, the boy boy founds his belief in Santa and hears the bell ring in the Polar Express. This Everybody calls this a Christmas movie because it came out at Christmas. Bruce Willis shouts, Yippee-ki-yay! in Die Hard. Yep. That was number seven. Cindy Lou invites the Grinch to Christmas dinner in the Grinch. That's number 14. Uh, Renee Zellweger, Bridget's Jones, runs after Colin Firth's character in her underwear in British uh, in uh, Bridget Jones' diary. We do think that that is kind of a Christmas uh, movie. This one, I think everybody can remember, because I think just about everybody listening has seen Love Actually. It's the Christmas moment where Hugh Grant, as the Prime Minister of Great Britain, is caught kissing Natalie. Do you remember that scene? Uh, Of course. That's a really sweet scene. Really, really sweet scene. Scrooge is number 15, revealing that he has paid Bob's mortgage. That's the Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't think I saw that. (laughs) Tiny Tim is number six. God bless us, everyone, from A Christmas Carol, of course. I'll tell you what, that's an old, old movie. That must have just brought the tears out in people when that was in movie theaters back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Let me get another. Oh, yeah. George runs through Bedford Falls after deciding he wants to live, and it's a wonderful life. Didn't we? uh, I think Max brought this up once. It's a wonderful life has been on TV every year, thousands of times. But when it was released in theaters way back in, I guess, the 1940s, it, it really didn't do well. Yeah, it it was kind of a bomb. Yeah. yeah. The number two Christmas moment, according to these folks, Kevin has an impromptu party and keeps the burglars away in Home Alone. And now I will give you the number one Christmas moment, according to this survey of 2,000 people. And Max has it right here. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, if you make it quick. Santa's got a little get-together he's late for. Okay. I know you're not the real Santa Claus. What makes you say that? 
just out of curiosity. I'm old enough to know how it works. All right. But I also know that you work for him. I'd like you to give him a message. Shoot. I'm Kevin McAllister, 671 Lincoln Boulevard. Do you need the phone number? That's right. Okay, this is extremely important. Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. No toys, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. And my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank. Okay? Okay. See what I can do. Thanks. That's it. That's number one right there. I love, that he movie? says, and if, if you have time, my Uncle Frank, who was kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. That movie, it's crazy how it doesn't age. It doesn't. Not really. Uh, that's right. That's right. No, that's what's right so amazing somewhere. about it. Except mm-hmm. for how many groceries Kevin's able to buy for like a nickel. Everything else <laughs> yeah, is just kind of pretty tiny. good. There you go. Enjoy those movies this year. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters, so make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. Everyone Needs a Laugh. Let's do it. Here is comedian David Studebaker. I have worked some tough jobs in the past. My least favorite one was I sold uh, children's shoes at an upscale retailer in Los Angeles. Um, And something you have to know about parents in L.A., not a lot of them like to be super involved with dirty feet. So that fell to me. And I don't know if you know this about toddlers. Generally, they hate strangers forcing shoes on their feet. So I was punched. I was kicked in the face. I was spit on. And that was just by the parents. It was really... And it was a commission-based company. So I had to, like, really try to sell. And I also had to sell kids' clothing. And I didn't know anything about kids' clothing. And so moms would come up to me with, like, a seven-year-old daughter, like, do these jeans run small? I don't know. When I tried them on, they were a little tight downstairs. But you can give it a shot. It can work. But I have a lot of respect for people who sell. The people I have the most respect for are door-to-door salesmen, okay? But there's one company that I don't understand. It's the the Cutco, the door-to-door knife company. Have you guys familiar with that? Who came up with that business model? Like, you know what people love? When strangers show up at your door unannounced with a suitcase full of knives. It really, that seems a little scary to me. Uh, But just, door-to-door in general is so tough. And that's why I gotta say, I have a lot of respect for Mormons. Because most of my best friends are Mormons. And I'm sure you guys know, when they're 18, a lot of them had to go on a mission. They had to go door-to-door spreading the word. That's bravery. And I will tell you, I'm weak. I'm Catholic. We're weak. Like, if when I was 18, the priest was like, all right, guys, new rule. We're going door-to-door. I'd be like, ooh, uh, I think I'm a Methodist. I think uh, I'm into Methodized today. Is this a Catholic church? I... I don't know where I am, Uh, but I came up with a brilliant idea, okay? Let's see if you like this. Um, To soften Cutco, I think Cutco, Mormon Church, join forces. Start going door to door together, right? Like, would you like to join the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints? No? Well, how about some fine cutlery? (laughs) You know, Jesus multiplied the fishes, but someone had to fillet them. And that can be you for tiny Z payments. Thank you. Thank you. And I will tell you, this is true. I did that joke for a gig. I headlined a show for the Young Mormons of Santa Monica. 
And I did that joke, standing ovation for about 200 people. And afterwards, a couple of the guys came up and were like, that's brilliant, I'm gonna start doing that. I have started a movement, you guys. I have started a movement. I'm an oracle and a visionary, so it's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, I also, I should be honest about something. Uh, I have horrendous music taste. Anyone else have horrendous? Just, just, that's fine. I'll give you an example. And my wife, I feel so bad for her because she has to just, so much Pitbull. Like, I just play so much Pitbull. Oh, and, and I'm, I'm sensing, like, a, okay, Tali, that was some judgmental laughter I felt from that from you. Um, a lot of silent judgment from this section. That's okay. Here's the thing. Pitbull is a genius, okay? Anytime he can't think up a rhyme, he just mumbles in Spanish. And that's smart. He'll be like, oh, you can try if you want to. We in LA, you're not gonna say Miami. Like, what did you just say? But that's smart. I should apply that to my stand-up. Like, well, you know, I just flew in from Chicago, and it's Muy Noches Pantalones. You know what I'm talking about, ladies, right? Doesn't mean anything. Uh, and Pitbull, he is uh, the self-proclaimed international lover. He is Mr. Worldwide. And when he's not mumbling in Spanish, he'll just rattle off a trip where he got really lucky. He'll be like, Brazil, Morocco, London to Ibiza, straight to LA, New York, Vegas to Africa. First of all, Pitbull needs a better travel agent, right? <laughs> what kind of a route is that? That is crazy. This guy's going from Ibiza in the Mediterranean straight to LA, then to New York, then to Vegas, then nonstop to Africa. The fact that he could perform and be the international lover with that kind of jet lag, that's impressive. Right? I fly to Denver and I'm like, what day is it? Back off, imaginary women. David is tired. I like him. That is, that is comedian David Studebaker. We'll post him up at B O B A N D. SHERI.com. Click the menu tab, look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And while you're there, why not visit the Bob and Sherry store for all of your holiday shopping needs? This is Bob and Sherry. Hi, I'm Sergeant Castellanos. I'm just wishing y'all happy holidays to all my friends and family back in Riverside, California. I'll be seeing y'all when I get back. Here's Bob and Sherry. Well, I found two gifts online that are fabulous that I want to share with everybody. Now, the first one is not for everyone, but if you are this person, it's perfect for you, especially showing up, seeing all the relatives. It's from Read Receipts on Etsy. It sells for $35, and it's a cool-looking denim baseball cap that says, I am the eldest boy. I love it. I love it so much, I want to have it because I am the eldest boy. Now, the other one, this is genius. Does everybody know what a Fender amplifier looks like, guitar amplifier? Pretty much, yep. they've been around, looks so. the same for, yeah, for generations. They're actually two pieces. The bottom big piece is the speakers, and the top piece connects to the bottom piece, but it's the controls and where the guitarist plugs his guitar into it. This is just the top of the Fender box. You could put it on a table or mount it to the wall. It comes with several what look like guitar plugs, but they attach to your keychain. So you come through the door and you plug your keys into a Fender amp so you know where they are That's at all times. That's pretty cool. And then listen to this as you're going out. 
you pull the thing out of the app and say, let's rock and roll. What do you think? <laughs> there is, is that a certain not- person that that is the greatest gift for. Is, yep. It is. If you've got somebody that's a guitar player, or they, they love, uh, especially like heavy, medi, heavy, uh, heavy metal uh, music, it is on Amazon. It says uh, $16.88. It's hard for me to believe that's all it is. But uh, people are loving this or if thing. they love dad jokes, because that's a perfect dad th- joke. Yeah. Let's rock yeah. and roll. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for that. So just a couple of things that you may enjoy that are available right now. Good luck and Merry Christmas. This is Bob and Sherry. Prizes, special guests, the Bob and Sherry Facebook Live Tree Lighting Extravaganza this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Here's Bob and Sherry. It is talk back time. Now you can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERRY, 844-52-SHERRY, or you can snap up our uh, app. It's free in Google Play in the App Store. And with it, you can listen to the show it's like carrying us around in your pocket and all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar, The Oddcast, and True Weird Stuff. Just look for the little tiny cartoon microphone in the bottom center of the screen. Tap it and talk and the app will do the rest. Hi, gang. This is Susie from South Dakota. Um, I was just listening to Friday's podcast and y'all were talking about how when you stop at a gas station convenience store that... You need to use the bathroom in that you should probably just kind of be polite and buy something well then max pipes up and goes no no you don't have to buy anything <sighs> max 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 <laughs> yes buy something i work for a company that has a food service program and i'm a consultant and i have to go around visiting all these convenience stores that have our program in it And most of them, if not all of them, are just mom-and-pop type places, single owners, um, not major chains. And there is a lot of expense behind having that bathroom ready for you as you travel on by. Toilet paper, water, electricity, maintenance, paper towels. Please wash your hands. Um, the garbages that are in there. But the main expense is just the labor that takes for those staff members to come in and clean those bathrooms every single hour. It, like, it's an average of 50 cents for everybody that walks into that bathroom. So, yes, Max, please, please walk down that aisle, get that $5 bag of M&Ms, take it up to the counter, pay for it, and then tell that staff member, hey, thank you for cleaning that bathroom that I just visited. Because people are pigs. And I talk to these people regularly, and they have to clean up after some nasty people. Anyway, yes, Max, buy something. Hi, gang. This is Susie from South Dakota again. I just left a message to kind of chewing out Max about not buying things at a gas station when he uses a bathroom. Um, just want to say, Max, I love you. I love everybody there. I've been listening for like 20 plus years back from when my kids were delivering newspapers and it was wintertime and I was driving them around. We always listened to the Bob and Sherry show, but now I'm feeling all guilty because I was pretty harsh on Max. So sorry, Max. Love you. Love what all you guys do. Thanks. Have a great day. How's that feel, Max? How's that feel, buddy? (laughs) 
I wish yeah, you'd be real with us and tell us how she Walk felt. a mile in my shoes. <laughs> but listen, she's not wrong. Like, she really no. spelled it out. The cost <clears throat> of the exactly products right. in those bathrooms, the oh, cost of knows. keeping them clean. Yeah, like, yeah. even if you don't want whatever, couldn't we all use one more bottle of water? Right? Yeah. Isn't there something? Are you going to change your ways, Max? Are you going to change mm-hmm. your ways now? I'm not mm-hmm. spending money. I don't have to spend. That's that's how I look Ooh. at it. That's, listen, well, they're not running a charity there. That's not the Salvation Army. That's a money-making place, and they making money. Well, not with you, it's not. Not, not with, with you. No, it's with not. you, it's not a money-making nah, place uh-uh. with you. Yeah. No. no, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. Tell you what I need you to do. All right. All right. If you don't want to spend no money, just slide around to the backside and out there in the grass and do your business or whatever. That, that uh, don't do that. that. He's going to get arrested. Please don't do that. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Just shoot I'm him just a buck. Saying. Shoot him a buck. If you think that I, I, the M and M's is pack too a much, gum. five dollars. Pack a gum. Pack a gum. Yeah. Pack a right. gum. That's all you got to buy. It's a pack of gum. That's it. Bottle of water or a pack no. of gum. Don't get any water because then you got to stop somewhere else, and then you don't want to pay them oh. either. So don't get anything. That's to a drink. very good. Stop s- drinking. That's a very stop good drinking. point. That's yeah. <laughs> Stop drinking. That's I'm a just, really good point, Lamar. I'm just yep. picturing, I'm sitting at the island, working on something. My phone lights up. It's Max. I tap it. I say, hey, Max, what's up? Oh, I got arrested. I was squatting out behind the convenience store because right. I'm not allowed to go in unless I buy something. You can't yeah. be telling him to do that. You, he's a okay, big guy. Wait, no. he, can't, wait, he can't hide. He can't do that. No, 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 no. It's not that he's not allowed to go in there. It's that he should be ashamed to go in there. He should be embarrassed to go in the store, take a use of their facilities, and spend zero money. All right. We're not, so not allowing me, him. We're just saying, you know. Let me ask just you saying. this, Lamar, and tell the truth. Do yes. you, like, if you pull over on the interstate and go into a McDonald's to use their restroom, does the same rule apply for you? Mm. You, you, you? Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. You've had those fries, right? You've had them. Yeah. You've had the fries. This is uh-huh. not a problem. In fact, I probably stopped at McDonald's just to get the fries. While I'm waiting, I'll go to the bathroom. Oh, no, don't worry about me. There's no tricky, tricky for me. I know what you're doing. Nuke. I'm spending money everywhere I go. I'm a giver. There you go. I am a giver. <laughs> no tricky, tricky with the... <laughs> He's had enough of our nonsense. Yeah, He's on right. to us. <laughs> So I guess we're just going to have to leave this unresolved. Lamar pays everywhere he goes. Max has been told he's not allowed to have any more water. (laughs) It's Bob and Sherry. Hi, I'm First Lieutenant Courtney Brummel with the 39th IBCT station in Grafenbier, Germany. And I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to my family. I love you guys and I'll see you soon. Here's Bob and Sherry. This Thursday night, it's the Bob and Sherry Happy Hour and a special one, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. We are giving away five holiday gift boxes with goodies like Landon Lacey Jewelry, the Scone Goddess, delicious Maine Needham's best candy you ever had, Check Feather and Down Company, and Dina Bean Children's Books. We'll see you happy hour, 7 p.m. Thursday with Bob and Sherry on the Facebook page. We have another talk back. Hey, Bob. Hey, Sherry. This is John in York, South Carolina. Several years ago, I heard Sherry do a bit on how Santa Claus is able to visit every child on Earth in one night. 
and it was really good. I'm surprised I haven't heard her do it in the years since, and I was hoping that you might uh, have Sherry go back, dig that out, do it again for the kids this year. I'm sure they'd really appreciate it, and so would some of us old timers. Thank you very much. Goodbye. What a sweet guy. What a sweet guy. That's nice. Yeah. I can't believe this is one of those synchronicity things because just a couple of days ago I was sitting in the kitchen working on a podcast episode uh-huh. and I thought, did we do the physics of Santa last year? I don't think we did. I think COVID like threw a monkey wrench into everybody's brain. Yeah. But I thought we should do it again because Santa has an amazing job on Christmas Eve. Now, when you factor in you know, the, all the different time zones. Santa has more than Christmas Eve night. Santa has like almost two whole days to get it all done. But still, Santa's got 500 million houses to visit. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And all those, all those chimneys and Christmas trees and all the cookies that people leave out. How does Santa get it done? So I'll tell you what, John, um, coming up next for Can You Believe This?, um, I will do the Santa physics because it is right. super duper cool. And anyone that doesn't, um, I mean, where's your Christmas magic? Where's your spirit of of wonder or enchantment? Like, why do we all just want to wake up, go to work, watch TV, repeat, then die? Like, don't don't you want more from your life than yeah. just this endless, brutal grind? Don't you? Would you like... Would you like to hear the top uh, few Christmas traditions for most people in this yeah, country? Yeah, Yeah, let me... Um, I'm just going to start with number one because it's easier. Christmas dinner with the whole family there. Christmas dinner is the most loved Christmas tradition. Decorating the Christmas tree, uh, spending more time with family and your friends, exchanging, of course, the gifts with your family. Uh, number five, it's interesting, watching Christmas films. You know, if you have little kids, it really is these days such a blessing. When I was growing up, man, you had The Wizard of Oz and you had some of the animated things like Charlie Brown and that. That was about it. If you've got Netflix, baby, you have got a choice of about 150 movies and probably a third of them are okay for kids. All you got to do is sit down with them, right? Uh, decorating the house for Christmas, listening to Christmas music. I cannot believe I saw a list of the most popular songs for Christmas music. About 60% of them have been around forever. It's the most wonderful time of the world uh, in the world with uh, Andy Williams rocking around the Christmas tree, Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, Ariana Grande has one out and that's in the top 10 right now too. But they're just 60, 70% of them have just been around for years and years. So it's not nostalgia for a lot of folks. They just, they love the sound of it. Um, Well, I mean, this is a time for traditions and sentimentality and nostalgia, right? So even if you love like the brand new Christmas album by whatever, don't you also kind of want to hear Santa Claus is coming to town or whatever your favorite is? Yeah, you know, it's funny though, because people who are just not into old music you know, you take somebody that is uh, in their 20s, as an example. You know, they don't want to hear their parents' music at all. That's how we're all wired. And yet, they too embrace the older songs. And it's it's really a phenomenon when you, when you think about it. I mean, I've been dreaming of a white Christmas 
That thing has got to be 70 years old, that recording. Here's the thing. Can we be totally honest and all admit that, yes, every couple of years, a new Christmas classic is born. Mariah Carey with All I Want for Christmas is a great example. But a lot of times you'll be in a store or whatever and they'll be playing new Christmas music. And it all kind of sounds like hanging up the balls on grandma's tree. Hanging up the balls on grandma's tree. You're like, I know it doesn't grab just- you. I don't think there's a classic that comes out every couple of years. I think it's, I mean, how how old is the Mar- Mariah Carey song? Didn't we uh, do a, oh, shut up on that? It was like, it's 30 years old, isn't it? It's older than you want it to be, that's for yeah. sure. But, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, you listen, you know, I don't want to hate on new Christmas music. You'll get an artist that you're really a fan of, and they'll put out a Christmas mm-hmm. album, and you mm-hmm. like their cover of Frosty the Snowman, and they've done a heck of a job with, I'll be home for Christmas. But then there's a couple of originals on there. Sit by the fire next to me. I mean, it's just like I know. drag. I know. Right? It's unfair to, to new musicians, but it's so hard to write a hooky song. It's so it's hard. It's really, really <laughs> difficult thing to do. There you go. It's Bob and Cherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by State Farm? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this How does Santa do it? And I know some of y'all are skeptical and debunkers. You're always harassing me about, you know, aliens and magic. Well, sit your whole selves down because I'm going to tell you how Santa does it. And it not only involves some Christmas magic, it involves quantum physics which seem magical, but they're actually very real. So Santa has 500 million households that he has to visit. And when you factor in all the time zones and the spin of the earth and all of that, Santa actually has 42 hours to hit those half billion households. But he only has 300 microseconds per household, which would be impossible for you because you're a regular person. But Santa... Santa is magic, and Santa has physics on his side. So Santa needs to go in the sleigh with the reindeer, not all that act- not all that crazy fast, because he doesn't have to go like speed of light or anything. There's an average of just under a quarter mile or two tenths of a mile between houses. So Santa has 150 microseconds in each house. He only needs to go about 1,300 miles per second, which seems fast compared to your car or your train, but that's less than 1% the speed of light. And it's way slower than all the particles that get emitted by, like, the sun or radioactive atoms. Less than 1% the speed of light. You think Santa can't do that? Think again, especially if those reindeer eat their Wheaties. So the next thing that skeptics go, oh, yeah, well... Santa's in an open sleigh, and when he travels at that speed through the atmosphere, he's going to catch on fire because of friction. Well, thank you for at least having a good science debunk, but the deal with Santa is he does need to dissipate some heat. And without any protection, you would expect him to burn up like a satellite does in orbit. In orbit. But Santa could have a heat shield like we had on the space shuttle, and he could also have an aerodynamically advanced vehicle that... Um, moves the air out of the way in front of him, which cuts down on the friction. And even if, even if Santa 
gets a little warm in that sleigh. He's up at such a high altitude, it's all going to level out. And if you're wondering how Santa can breathe with his magical nose, that's yeah. like a cherry, I think, in one right. of the songs, he yep. just sucks it in. So the next thing about Santa, um, all he needs to survive those 42 hours in his sleigh at that speed, with that friction and all those accelerations, he just needs his blood to keep flowing through his body, which is why Santa's suit is as magical as Santa kids. Santa's red suit is pressurized. And that's mm. how he's able to be at that altitude. You know, like uh, fighter jet pilots. And he also has like a special little turbine system inside his heart, a little biological turbine that helps huh? Santa keep going. How does he get into the houses so quietly? And why does he never leave footprints? Well, for starters, sometimes Santa does leave footprints. Some of you lucky kids know it. Sometimes the reindeer leave footprints too. But how does he get in so quietly? And no matter how late you stay awake and how hard you try, you don't catch a glimpse? Okay, he uses quantum physics. So, in the real world, if you run at a wall, you're just going to smash into it and bounce off. But Santa has quantum tunneling abilities. And that uh -huh. means that when Santa comes to the wall of your house or your chimney, uh -huh. he just goes right through. He's able to use all the molecules and atoms in his magical Santa body to right. bring all the presents inside, leave them under the tree or not, depending on where they go at your house, and get back out in 150 microseconds. And because Santa has magic, as soon as he gets to your house, he comes through the wall or the chimney using quantum tunneling, and then he's able to use like a special kind of, we would call it levitation magic, but it's just physics, kids. It's just science. Those presents are hovering just above the ground, and Santa makes a gesture and releases them, and they go right under the tree. But now, what about all those cookies and all those glasses of milk that are sitting there? Well, can you imagine how much energy it takes to take a sleigh full of presents 42 hours in the upper atmosphere to half a billion households? It's a lot. Those reindeer, those reindeer are hungry. Those reindeer need a snack because Santa's payload in his sleigh is about 4,000 times higher, you know, heavier than the payload in the biggest airplane on earth. And so, of course, those reindeer and Santa, they're going to gobble up those cookies. And even a single sugar cookie with sprinkles on it has a lot more energy packed into it for a reindeer than anything you could even imagine. So the only thing that we can't answer about Santa, because we can use science and physics and everything else to account for his journey around the world, but the only thing we can't answer is how much time it takes you to move from the naughty list to the nice list. That's the one piece of Santa magic. Ah. We don't That's have. That's up to you. That's up to you. Yeah. That's right. Very so good. we'll post this up on the Bob and Sherry mm -hmm. Facebook. And all you doubters, all you doubters need to be paying more attention in school. Because once you know how the science works, you have no trouble understanding. Santa magic works. It's Bob and Sherry. True.
weird stuff. In 1943, the USS Eldridge allegedly teleported from Philadelphia to the waters of Norfolk, Virginia. Some claim during this experiment, men on the ship disappeared permanently. Does teleportation only exist in the minds of those who boldly go where no man has gone before? True. Weird stuff. New episodes drop every Friday everywhere you get your podcasts. Prizes, special guests, the Bob and Sherry Facebook Live tree lighting extravaganza this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Here's Bob and Sherry. You know, we love talking about all the traditions and all the magical things that are about Christmas, but the one thing we don't ever think about is how long it takes. How much time do we spend? And they say that you spend over two solid days, over 48 hours, getting ready for Christmas. And it goes like this. The Christmas dinner, including shopping and cooking times, about five hours and 36 minutes. Um, where you travel and how long you stay at each place, and this could really vary a lot, but say on average, it's about three hours and 32 minutes of traveling back and forth. What to wear for the Christmas party. They say you spend about three hours and 23 minutes trying to decide exactly what you're doing and getting ready for the Christmas party. Your decorations. That seems take, that seems that seems long. That's the one. That, that seems seem, long. Yeah. Yeah, that seems. That long. seems like a lot. Well, yeah. right, well, I think that some, and that does. All right, the Christmas decorations. They've got it down at four hours and two minutes. That mm-hmm. seems short. I think there's mm-hmm. more time spent for that. I really, really mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Uh, hosting a Christmas party. They've got it down at four hours and forty-one minutes. Well, getting ready for a Christmas party and having the Christmas that. Uh, that that's seems short. like that's a little short. That seems short. Yeah, uh, keeping the kids entertained, how to keep them entertained during their school break, because that's going to be about a couple of weeks. This is five hours and seven minutes, but that's on sitting down and planning, coming up with things for them to do. Not actually doing them, but coming up with what they're doing. Okay. Um, another one is picking out your outfit for the big day. They've got it down at three hours, too. I think, oh, no. I know I, it takes me like 12 minutes. Now, Carla takes no. longer, my wife. She takes longer than that. But me, I, t- I, I know what I'm going to wear. Buying and wrapping presents, eight hours and one minute. That's low. I think that is low. I think you could ask any woman that's doing this, that's low. Right. Uh, that's sending Christmas cards. Yeah. Sending Christmas cards, three hours and 58 minutes. Ah, it depends on how big your list is. It really does. And finally, Christmas general festive budgeting, sitting down and figuring out how much you're going to spend, please. It says four hours and 38 minutes. The problem is you're never going to get it right. You are going to go over. Who, how many hours to pick to get dressed for a Christmas party? How many hours? Three hours. It's picking out. It's picking out. Picking out stuff. Oh, like all together. All together. Yeah. I was going to say, are you dressing up as the actual tree? This is Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. All right, it's tacky competition day in the chat room. And I'm liking your chances so far. Tell everybody what you had a wreath made out of. We, in addition to the aluminum tree with the color wheel, also had a toilet paper wreath. Oh, the traditional <laughs> toilet paper wreath. Yeah. Actually, it was pretty, it was kind of pretty. <laughs> you um, didn't get too close. So describe, please, and, and did your father also hate the color green or have an allergy to trees? What was going on with that? No, he just liked the silver. <laughs> was um, it made out of toilet paper or the rolls? <laughs> 
it was the actual toilet paper. You take a coat hanger and make it into a, a round shape and then take about three or four squares of toilet paper and loop it around there and twist it so it makes it kind of furry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like a lot of work. It was. It when, was. When you can just get, you know, an evergreen wreath. That's true. But at that time growing up, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So that was the next best shop. Oh, God, this is like... This is so sad. This is this may be, Linda, the single greatest we were so poor at Christmas example. It is. We were so poor at Christmas, our wreath was made of toilet paper. <laughs> so after the holidays, Daddy would use it. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. God. <laughs> no one's going to beat this today, Linda. I just know it. <laughs> wow. Would you, um, who, who's... I don't want to know anymore. Would make you... Please don't ask. No, I do, I what, do. What, what could, what could, could a follow-up question possibly do <laughs> for so us? I'm so curious. Um, <laughs> would you make a fresh TP wreath every year? Or would of you course. save... You would. And what would you do with last year's toilet paper wreath? Well, usually by the time it hung outside for a little while, it was kind of wet and it didn't look very good, so you threw it away. See, I wouldn't think of toilet paper as being something I'd put outdoors. No. <laughs> it seems like an indoor decoration. We hung it on our front porch, but, um, you know, after a couple of days with the weather and everything, it didn't look very good. So. I, have, I have to ask my friend is Bob there, a question Is there anything now. sadder than a wet to toilet paper wreath? Bob. I say no. Bob. Yes. Are there any circumstances, any at all, you to hang a ring of toilet paper on the front door? <clears throat> no. No. You can't think of no. any? No. I cannot think of one. Linda, why not keep it inside where the elements won't get it? Nobody could see it inside. Oh, so who would make I the, think that's a good thing. Who would make the toilet paper wreath every year? <laughs> we were kids. We didn't know any different. Did, did you guys make it or did your mom make it? No, we made it. The kids made it. Oh, so it was made with love. Did you add glitter or anything to it? No. No, no just the toilet paper. No, you don't want to make it look tacky. No, that's right. You, you want to keep it. You, you want to keep it simple. Hey, what is the matter with you? Hey, you're talking to someone with a flock tree, like I know from yeah, Tacky, yeah, right? Well, you got it. So, uh, just white toilet paper, or could you go with the uh, pink or blue? No, just white. Linda, tell me a little bit about your life now. Have things? Oh, think much better now. You're more prosperous now. You can afford it. A wreath made out of trees. Yes, we actually have a, a real greenery wreath this year. Hey, 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 somebody's getting uppity. Moving on up. Hey, I have to ask you something in all seriousness. Uh, the year that you made a toilet paper wreath, what did you get? Mm, I think I got a Barbie doll that year. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good gift. Mm-hmm. It was. So you would, you would get one gift? Usually one or two small gifts like that. Wow. How many kids in the family? There were five of us. Oh, yeah. That's tough, That's a you lot, know? yeah. Mm. Are are your mom and dad still living? No, both are deceased. Do do you still every once in a while just for the the tradition of it make the old toilet paper wreath? No, haven't made one in quite a while. Why don't you make one this year, Linda? <laughs> I might make one and bring it to Bob. Can I, I tell you if I, you I, I made will, I will put it out on my terrace. If you made a toilet paper wreath for us, we would hang it in our studio every we w- year. We will. 
And we'll take really good care of it. We will. We won't let it get rained on. We'll take really good care of it. And every year, Linda, we'll bring out the official Bob and Sherry toilet paper wreath and hang it in our studio. I will send you one. It, would, do you promise? Do you swear? I, I swear I will. Because we're not crafty. We, If we tried, believe me, if we tried to make a toilet paper wreath, our boss Rick would come in here and say, hey, I wouldn't wipe my <laughs> that. So believe me, it wouldn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> so can you please make it for us, Linda? I promise I will. This will be a wonderful new holiday tradition for thank, us. Thank you, Linda. Give what? her the jingle stick. After that story, you own jingle sticker? I'm going to hit you with the jingle <laughs> stick. What is wrong with you? Do you I'm think so... that you think that you can just, Missy, do you think you can just say anything you want? <laughs> I am so stressed out and tired. <laughs> just, is that what it is? Good morning. My name is Sergeant Nicole Shepard, and I am a logistics specialist here in Grafenwehr, Germany, with the 163rd Regional Support Group. I just wanted to wish my five babies and my family and friends a very, very Merry Christmas. And go Chiefs! Here's Bob and Sherry. Charlie Munger passed away about a week ago. He was 99 years old. He's best known as being a brilliant investor and the partner of Warren Buffett. That's right. So Warren Buffett, you know, was a billionaire, one of the richest men in the world. You would think that Charlie Munger, as his partner, is pretty rich too, right? So he had some advice for people who are coming into some form of success. And the advice was, do not take your money, no matter how much you have, and buy a mega mansion. He has lived in the relatively modest home that he bought decades ago in Los Angeles. And he says, this is what I feel. Really fancy houses. I would say that in practicality, in every case, they make the person who owned them less happy, not happier. Having a basic house really helps you. Having a really fancy house, well, it's good for entertaining 100 people at once, but it's very expensive, a very expensive thing to do, and it doesn't do you that much good. So there are people that can afford a really fancy house, but he's saying, I know a lot of them, and it does for your soul, it doesn't do you really any good. He said, I decided, quote, not to live where I look like the Duke of Westchester or something. <laughs> I was going to avoid that. And I did it on purpose. And one of the reasons he worried, he worried that his children would feel spoiled in an overly opulent lifestyle. I didn't think it would be good for my children. You grow up in a rich family. Your duty is to use the wealth and live grandly. That is what everybody is doing with the money. You learn from people who are doing it, and it's a nightmare. He bought his house, uh, let's see, Buffett actually bought his house for $31,000. That is uh, now worth $1.3 million. He bought it in 1958, and he still lives in that house famously. I think that is so interesting. And I do wonder, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to have the kind of money where you could buy, you know, whatever opulent place that you choose. But I just think it's really interesting that this is a guy who is so successful, seemed so, you know, balanced. And he's saying, it's just not worth it. It is just not worth it. And I have known some kids who grew up in homes like that. And they, uh, not all of them, but some of them just got this attitude that, you know, well, I mean, look around, we're a little better than everybody else. And that is really, I think, a punishing thing to do to a kid.
Um, agree, agree, agree. I, I think it's hard to, that is a hard temptation to resist for a lot of people, especially if you come from nothing, um, and you make a success of it. It is very, very hard to, to not want the house and the furniture Mm -hmm. and the car. I mean, like, it's just really understandable, you know, why people do that. I get it. I do too. My uh, former father-in-law, uh, who was a physician, he grew up literally putting himself through medical school, digging ditches in the summertime with a pick. And so came from nothing, lost his father early in his life. He became very successful and built a house that was about 11,000 square feet for he and his wife. And of course, you know, these children came and grandchildren and all of that, but not that much. And I always thought it's it's just too much. Just walking from the bedroom to the kitchen was a hike. But you know, um, like I, if I had that kind of cash, I would buy that kind of house. And I'm just going to be honest, I would do it and then I would regret mm-hmm. it and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. I, I, I live this scenario every single day. So like my husband, he never worried about like where his next meal was coming from. His parents took really good care of he and his sisters. They had Mm -hmm. food, shelter, winter coats. He doesn't, he places no value on any of those things. Whereas Mm -hmm. I did not have my own bed for the entire time I was in high school. Right. right? And for most of my childhood, we didn't have enough food. So what do you think happens between us? He doesn't care about any of it. And I care about all of it because for me, For me, all of these things are a meaningful novelty. Like there's not a day, not a day that I don't go, oh my gosh, this is a comfy bed or these are the best shoes ever, (laughs) like whatever. And he gets to move through the world um, free of that. So, you know, like before you judge people that do that, like they may be, they may be trying to fill an emotional hole in the ground so deep Mm -hmm. you can't see to the bottom, right? I, I agree with you 100%. It, it is a declaration that uh, I have achieved something. But I just think Charlie Munger's advice is something just to keep in the back of your mind. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for being a Bob and Sherry listener. Now, I don't know if you know that we have another show called The Oddcast. And that's the stuff that we didn't or wouldn't or shouldn't or couldn't do on the regular show. Do not miss the current episode, Heather thought she could go kayaking at night and it turns out she could not do not miss this story it's the bob and sherry oddcast everywhere you get your podcasts there's a lot of ways that you can interpret this but let's all try to put on our um our best most decent selves as we interpret this so drapes drape fabric draperies that hung in Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle during Queen Elizabeth's reign have come down and King Charles has donated them to students at the King's Foundation and they are making these draperies into kimonos that you'll be able to buy, which sounds very much like what Maria did in The Sound of Music when she made the children outfits out of curtains. So 
here's the thing. And the profits from the sale of the kimonos are raising funds for the Prince's Foundation, which is a nonprofit. And one of Prince Charles's focus is to um, be a champion for traditional crafts like this, right? And there's, um, I've seen pictures of some of these kimonos that have been made out of drapes and they, you know, they look like kimonos that have been made out of drapes, but they're very well done. And the alternative was what? We're just going to throw all this beautiful fabric in the garbage that's been hanging at Windsor Castle and in Buckingham Palace? Isn't that what they did in uh, Gone with the Wind? Scarlet did, yeah. Yeah, she made, she yeah. made some of uh, And then was famously par parodied on television. By Carol Burnett. Burnett. She left a rod in it. She left the curtain rod in it. I'm sorry. I've derailed you. I apologize. I, 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 I don't know that everybody uh, knows who Phyllis Diller was. Does everybody here know who Phyllis Diller yes. was? I do. Yes. The I do, yeah. She was a comedian. famous comedian during uh, the rise of female comedians in this country, probably in the 1960s and 70s. I mean, she was really a hoot. So a friend of mine's parents owned um, a theater and uh, brought in big acts, you know, summer stock acts, rock acts, all sorts of acts. And they booked her and they had a beautiful home that was called Rose Farm. And they had guest uh, rooms for the performers, if the performers would like to stay in a home rather than a hotel. And Phyllis Diller uh, stayed with them and um, she couldn't decide what to wear. And she said to my friend's parents, I'll, I'll pay you for that uh, drapery. And she took it off, cut a hole in the middle of it, put it on her head and went on stage. <laughs> like a poncho? Oh my like God, a poncho. Just like a poncho. <laughs> and they had to figure out how to replace it somehow. Charles is very um, into sustainability. You know, he people made fun of him for decades for his organic vegetable growing and all of the things that he's tried to do to uh, be a good steward of the earth and to recapture traditional English skills and crafts and whatnot, a lot of people will make fun of him for this. And, and they'll go, well, who the heck wants a bathrobe made out of drapes? But you know, there are a lot of people that will definitely line up to buy something that hung in Queen Elizabeth's private sitting room, don't you think? Without a doubt. Are you kidding me? Of course, they'll make they'll make, uh, you know, like a shadow box or something out of it. Definitely. And it's a better use than just putting them into plastic bags and chucking them into the landfill. Right. Now, it yeah. would be, you know, that you're going to, as you imagine, the palace is decorated in a very traditional way. And the fabric on these drapes is extremely heavy so that when you see the when you see people modeling these kimonos, it's like, whoo, girl, that looks like it weighs about 12 pounds, but go right. on. You do, yeah, yeah. You do you. It's just, it's a sweet idea. And also um, that they, they announced, quote, we hope this project will show what can be done with vintage materials. Maybe other people will start to think about using curtains in a new way. So from Scarlett O'Hara to Maria to Phyllis Diller, maybe your next outfit of the day is hanging 
in the living room. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, everyone knows that Bob Lacey is the self-proclaimed mayor of Christmas Village because of his great Christmas spirit. I've just decided not to send out Christmas cards. Bob, Bob, Bob. Well, the mayor of Christmas Village wants Bob and Sherry listeners all over the land to get all the presents this year. Of course, Bob won't actually be buying the gifts. Bob, Bob, Bob. But you already knew that. Presenting the 12 Days of Christmas. We'll select one lucky listener to win a Bob and Sherry swag box, since Bob's not actually paying for it. Bob, Bob, Bob. We're just going to grab a few things off the shelf and send them to you. There are water bottles, coffee mugs, grocery bags, beach balls, pens, keychains, and more. A lot of stuff you can buy at the Bob and Sherry store at bobandsherry.com. It's a 12 Days of Christmas celebration. Bob Lacey style. Just enter at the contest page at bobandsherry.com. Prizes, special guests, the Bob and Sherry Facebook Live Tree Lighting Extravaganza this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Here's Bob and Sherry. You know, I can't really speak to this. I think it's an interesting article, but since I don't deal in wearing high heel shoes, it's hard for me to know. But it says here that the average woman wears a new pair of shoes for just 34 minutes before having to sit down with blisters on a big night out. Okay. Now this is not, this is like high heel shoes, really dressy high heel shoes. Says researchers have discovered that once a woman has stepped out of the taxi and into the club, they survive for just over 30 minutes before their feet hurt. Sherry, is this true? There are some shoes that that's about all you can get out of them. And they're great to look at. But yes. they are murder to dance in or walk in. And Lamar, that's why I've always appreciated that you wear like a sensible platform heel. Because you're here for a good time. <laughs> and a long time. Yes. You know? No stilettos re- for you, my friend. <laughs> there is some research and it says that 4 in 10 said that they take a pair of pumps with them to change into. Because they know that the shoes that they've got, as dressy as they are and as, as striking as they are, are still going to rub their feet. And that more than half have ended up walking home barefooted or walking to the Uber or whatever, while one in 10 has abandoned their shoes altogether or borrowed somebody else's. Um, I see these I shoes s- and I go, those are beautiful shoes, but oh my gosh, that's got to be killing you. It's got to. Dude, a million years ago, I was waiting on a platform for the subway in Philly, and um, a couple of women came down the stairs and they were in a great mood, big spirits, big night out, and they were both holding their shoes. And they were walking barefoot in a Philadelphia subway station late at night on a weekend. And I hope they still have their feet today. I, I'm not optimistic <laughs> that their feet survived that. But thoughts and prayers yeah. to those girls. I hope they still yeah. have them. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. 
Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.